I would often tell myself the story of like, if I treat my depression, I'm not going to be creative. And, and I think for many reasons, I, I attributed both of them together in that, that almost that, I don't know if tortured artists, but just like, I have to suffer for my art. Welcome to the Creative Chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. Hey, for today's episode, I get to sit down with Chris Martin. No, not that Chris Martin. <laughs> uh, if any of you are Coldplay fans, you may have anticipated that pause and said, wait, what? Uh, but this Chris Martin is just as stellar, if not more, because he is a creative who, like many of us, you know, he's got uh, multiple interests and passions, um, but he is a writer, podcaster, filmmaker. He has a podcast called Getting Work to Work, and uh, we talk a little bit about that, and I highly recommend that you subscribe to that podcast and uh, give that a listen as well. Show him some support. But we talk about all sorts of things in this creative journey and process. Uh, I mean, things of mental health and creativity, things of AI and some of the concerns and some of the benefits um, that we're seeing, some of the questions, honestly, that we're seeing arise and just being a part of that conversation. Uh, we talk about just navigating creativity in terms of personal expression and significance as well as business and being a creative entrepreneur. So really, we, we touch on a wide variety of topics, but I really appreciate Chris's ability to share in a way that is honest and true from his experiences. Um, and, you know, both of us, we just hold these things loosely just to say, this is what our experience has been so far. It continues to evolve and change. And uh, we are in this creative process, in this creative life, on this creative journey, just like you. And we may be at a different point, and hopefully you can learn something from our mistakes and some of our, our past experiences, um, but we're learning from you as well. And so join us in this conversation uh, as we dive deep into these things. So without further ado, here is my creative chat with Chris Martin. <laughs> Well, hey, Chris, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's wonderful to be here. Yes. So we were just talking before we got rolling here. I think we're going to have a lot of areas where we overlap and common interests. So I'm excited to dig into your story and some of the uh, background that you have and how that shows up. And so before we go too far and too deep in the pool here, uh, why don't you just for the sake of the listeners, give us like that little snapshot of like, who are you? What do you do? Oh my gosh, who am I? What do I do? It all depends <laughs> on where, how you're Googling me. So like if you Google Chris Martin email address in hopes that you're going to get the guy from Coldplay, not, not him, <laughs> not him. When they go on tour, that's the only email that I get is like fans emailing him. My name's Chris Martin and I am a filmmaker, podcaster, and writer. My podcast is called Getting Work to Work and I've been doing that for almost seven years now. And nice. It's really an expression, just like you, Mike, of wanting to 
help people be more creative and mm -hmm. be curious about life because there's so much in this world that's full of wonder and awesomeness. Yes, yes. So where did all this start for you? Like, was this something that as a kid, you had a lot of creative interests and um, expressions and, and that was something that was filling your world and you just kept pursuing or like fill us in, like, what did that look like early on for you? I think when I was a kid, it was kind of there, but I think it was dormant really mm -hmm. because I was more interested in just sitting on my butt and playing video games and, and watching movies. So I think in, in some ways I was taking it all in and just letting it kind of sit there under the surface. But when I was 16, I wanted to learn how to play guitar because at the time I was playing trumpet in middle school. And as you know, as a guitar player, Iron Man does not sound cool on any other <laughs> instrument but guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to win the ladies with the trumpet, huh? <laughs> exactly. I, I learned it on the trumpet, but it's just like it, it was not cool. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I, I picked up guitar and I think that was the entry point into the world of curiosity and creativity for me because it was learning it on my own terms. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I've gone to school and I've done all these things the right way, but I'm, I'm pretty stubborn and tenacious when I figure something out I want to do. And so from guitar to learning how to do web design to learning filmmaking and photography, that was all just this tenacious drive to learn how to do it. Mm. You know, and I really resonate with that too, that, that sentiment of like, it's kind of like you just throw yourself into it and go, we're going to figure this out as we go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes I don't know if this has been your experience, but sometimes this is like a blessing and a curse, right? Because there's a sense of like, well, I'm not going to bog myself down with a lot of the, the, typical rules of what you can and cannot do and maybe what pedigree tells you it's supposed to look like and all those kind of things. Um, but on the other side, sometimes I think for me, I know I've made my, my journey more difficult a lot of times than it needed to be. Um, has that been your experience too? It's funny when you say blessing and a curse, I, I instantly went to when I was younger in my career. So I, I've been at this for, for almost uh, 21 years, 22 years professionally. And I would say earlier in the career, it was a blessing because I didn't know what I didn't know. I mean, I, right. I thought I knew it all. I thought I was amazing. And I thought I, I, I just thought I knew it all. But as I've gotten older, it it's gotten harder on some ways to be able to have that same level of drive and tenacity because there's a certain expectation of quality and performance mm -hmm. that weren't considerations when I was younger, because I'm like, of course I'm going to perform. I'm 20, you know, whereas right. now I'm just like, Ooh, I hope I perform. I'm in my forties. <laughs> <laughs> Is there things that you have found that are helpful in navigating that? Oh man, just, opening the program is a good start. I think, um, in terms of like mindset, opening the program is probably the biggest piece of advice that I've learned because I can talk myself out of doing anything very quickly. And by opening the program, whether it's like, so I work primarily in audition for audio editing and premiere for video editing. And so just opening the file, opening the um, whatever it is I'm working on, that just gets 75, 80% of the barriers out of the way. Mm, yeah. Taking action, right? Like that smallest domino that you can knock over that hopefully yeah. will then do the chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and totally. I mean, it's not, it's not perfect. It's not going to immediately knock over all the dominoes, but it right. does get a few of them down. And um, it, it helps to, I, I, okay. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but it's this idea of like, when you make something, you, you instantly might think, oh, this is crap. I, I hate what I did, but there's that moment when you open it up and, and whatever it is that you're working in, whether it's Photoshop or whatever program, and you're like, that's not too, it's not that bad. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what ha generally happens once you get into the program for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too often it's we can fall into the trap of trying to create and edit at the same time yes and when we do that we 
do a disservice to both parts of the process because creating, we need to be free enough to say, there's no bad ideas here. We're just going to go, we're going to do things. We're going to explore. We're going to have some freedom and play, discover, like you said before, be curious, right? Follow that curiosity. And you can't be doing that if sitting on your shoulder is the judge saying, eh, no, don't do that. No, who, oh, nobody's going to like that. You know, what are you, you're an idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> right? Like, um, but yet there is that important part, obviously, of editing and revising and putting it through that process. But you need to, to separate those things because doing them at the same time, it will drive you crazy. And I think that's where both parts will suffer and you won't get to the level of work that you really could attain, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I when you mentioned the judge, I'm like, wow, you have that person too. And and I think we all have that judge. And yeah. it's maybe it's a family member who didn't believe in what you were doing or some social, you know, gatekeeper, industry gatekeeper. I mean, we all have the judge and yeah. we all have to deal with it. Totally, totally. Um I, I'm wondering, so just picking up a little bit earlier where you left off in your story here. So this is something that obviously was important to you to pursue creativity. Um, what did that look like for you moving into, okay, I need to go to school. I need to pick a career. I need to have some kind of trajectory, like fill us in on a little bit of that part of the journey. Yeah, no problem. So out of high school, I went up to the university of Washington in Seattle and I'm like, I'm going to go study computer science. Because in my mind, at, at the time, I was really into web design and web development in the late 90s. And going to college and seeing, I mean, Seattle was pretty much the place for technology back then. Microsoft mm -hmm. was in the area. Like Nintendo was big there. And I, I'm like, I'm going to do it. It was one of the hardest programs to get into. So they had a prerequisite track to, for the program, and I just wasn't prepared. So I went from, my aspirations went from computer science to business, to art, to dropping out to being a rock band. <laughs> All this span of like, I think it was a, about a year and a half, two years of, of just, of, of that crushing feeling that this dream was not going to work out. And it, and it I think, started this flailing uh I, I flailed a lot I, I still kind of flail every once in a while where I'm like this is my dream and then it never works out like it does in your head and then you're like well maybe it's something else then and right. and I would ping pong back and forth so many years and so the the first kind of zig to the zag was after dropping out of being in the rock band the rock band didn't work out so I moved back home because I was living on one of the couches of the family members of the bandmate and <laughs> so i moved back home and so that was a zig and i went to the art institute of portland um, and so from there I, I ended up graduating this time got an internship worked for a little bit and realized i i, I can't work here anymore so i started my own business and mm -hmm. that was 2006 okay and from there, it's been a constant journey of zigzag through, you know, the mountain ranges and valleys of creativity. Yes, yes. Because if you're looking for stability, <laughs> having your own business is not the way to go. <laughs> um, the zigs and zags are wild how they go. Yes. Um, well, and... and it it measures in your body too. So like I, I, I log my blood pressure and I got a check the other day and my blood pressure dropped like 10 points or however you measure it. And I was blown away because there were no other changing factors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's intense for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so how does um that decision that you're like, okay, I'm going in on doing my own business. Was there a, transition that happened where you're like, okay, you're, you're at this company going like, okay, this, this obviously isn't working. Um, and was it the kind of thing where you were like, you wanted to call more of the shots of what your work looked like and what your contribution looked like, and you didn't have opportunity, or was it just like the confinement of the structure and the role? Like, what was the tipping point for you? And what did that look like for you to actually make that leap? So 
what made it hard at the the job that I was working at was it was a religious institution. So not only was I working where my faith was being built, but all the friends were there, the family was there, so everything was there. And mm-hmm. um, in any religion religious institution, there's a there can be a lot of politics. And yes. so I, I saw some things that really I didn't want to see when I was younger, uh, you know, younger in my faith. And so I just, I had to make the decision to just bail. I'm like, I, I got to get out of here. This isn't good for me. And so there was no plan. I did not know what I was leaping to. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so in the span of leaving, I think over the course of a month or two, it was people coming to me saying, hey, I hear you left. Can you make a logo for me? Can you make a website for me? And so I had done a lot of networking building without knowing that I was building a network. And that kind of gave me the aha of, I think I can make a business out of this. I had Mm -hmm. no business training. I had nothing but blind um, optimism. Mm -hmm. Jump (laughs) in, figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. And I did. So I think that's, that's really, I had no runway. I had no plan. I did everything that they tell you not to do. <laughs> Man, you know, I feel like we've lived almost the same life for a little bit here. Um, the, the similarities that keep coming up are, are amazing um, because I, too, was was, you know, I worked at a church uh, and I talk about that, you know, sometimes on the podcast and other places where, um, you know, I had left design world for about 10 years because I hit the ceiling there and I was like, this isn't this doesn't feel fulfilling. This doesn't feel aligned. And so I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll go and serve people. And, um, you know, then I didn't do anything really much creative. Um, I helped start a church. And then, like you said, where you have friends and faith and finances and family and everything all in the same bowl, when one thing starts to unravel, it all gets touched. And uh, that was my experience too, which actually led me to depression. Yeah. Which is the thing that actually led me back to my art. Because I was at rock bottom going like, I don't know what this looks like now. I don't know where to go from here. Like, is this it? Is this the end? It doesn't feel like it should be, but I don't really know what to do. Um, I think you have those moments sometimes where you're just like, it tests you. And if you step into that moment and really look for the alignment and clarity that can come, if you stick with it, um, that's, those are the moments that you can look back on and go, that was a pivotal moment. Um, that's where something shifted, not only in what I was doing, but in who I was. Right. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that, that part of your journey as well. Um, and totally get that from firsthand experience. Um, and then also the like, okay, we're transitioning out of this into something and going, you know, there's, entrepreneurs, and I say that in quotes, you know, like all over the place. And um, what does that look like in my context as a creative person? And how do I navigate this loving what I'm doing, doing something that I feel is significant and of value, but then also acquiring business skills and being able to talk about it and being able to make it serve people. So it's not just like, hey, I created this thing. Isn't this great? Do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy it now? How about now? Right? Because <laughs> That's pretty much what a lot of creative people end up doing, right? Yeah. Well, and and you go to the networking groups and you learn to pass your business card and it, it, it just gets awkward really fast if you aren't sure how to like share who you are, but also listen to what other people need. Yes. Yes. And so you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're very much with uh, story and story is mm-hmm. important to you. How has that impacted even like your own story and then how you talk about what you do and how you help people. I think it's like the cobbler shoes. I'm so interested in other people's stories that I don't take enough time to consider my own story. Mm. And I find that when I'm too either absorbed in my own story or ignoring my story, then for me, the depression gets a lot deeper than if I have that balance between Okay, this is this is the things that are important to me right now. These are the storytelling devices that I need to be using right now. But if I'm not actually like using them, mm-hmm. then it's just a bad mix of 
things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned depression, and I think that's something that a lot of people, especially as creative people, like more people are talking about it, which I'm grateful for. And I talk openly and freely about mental health struggles um, because I think to help normalize some of that as part of the journey and going like, you know, it's not that long ago that there was a tremendous stigma around either needing to go to therapy, you know, I mean, you know, we used to call them, you know, head shrinks going to shrinks, right? I mean, like, that's not that long ago that you would hear references like that, even in movies and stuff. Sometimes I'll, I'll watch a movie from a certain time period ago. And I'm like, Oh, wow, like, yeah, that didn't age well, um, for many reasons. But you know, <laughs> that might be one of them. And just going like, I'm thankful that there's more conversation around this. Um, just in therapy in general. And I think more and more people needing it, especially what we've been through in, in the past years. But as a creative person, navigating, having to be creative because it's your livelihood and also your passion, but then on the other hand, struggling with, okay, I've got this depression and mental health issues that I'm trying to deal with that want to undermine everything on the other end, but I still have to show up. like. Can you share, and, and I don't want you to feel pressured to share anything you don't feel comfortable with, but is there something maybe from your own experiences that has been helpful that, that maybe somebody who's listening right now is going like, yeah, that's where I am. And I'm not really sure how to wrap myself around the situation to, to, to move forward. Yeah. I think there's, there's two things that I'll, that I would love to share. The first yeah. one is I would often tell myself the story of like, if I treat my depression, I'm not going to be creative. And, and I think for many reasons, I, I attributed both of them together in that, that almost that, I don't know if torture artists, but just mm -hmm. like, I have to suffer for my art. And that's actually just not true. When I am better in my mind, the work flows, but more yeah. freely. Yeah. But I'm very good at lying to myself. I'm very good at telling myself that, no, no, just keep suffering. Just keep hurting yourself. Even though you're not hurting yourself physically, you know, mentally, th there's, there's things that we can do to ourselves that just wreck our art. Mm -hmm. And so one of them, I mean, this past year has been some of the lowest moments of my life as I just kind of wrestle with you know, the last three years of going from a pretty social person to, you know, just being alone with my wife yeah. and our dog for, you know, so many years. And it's just it, to come out the other side of that, I I had to reconnect with myself. Um, I, I let myself go physically as a, I, my mental, you know, beating myself up mentally kind of tr went into the, how I was treating myself physically. And all of that made the depression even worse. Mm -hmm. And so, which then affects the creativity. Yes. And so don't be afraid to treat the depression, however you need to treat it with, you know, pharmaceutically, uh, physically with exercise, diet, it's okay. And it will make your art better in time. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think that's the hardest thing. It's that trust and that hope that it's not going to go away and that it could, could be better. Right. Yeah. I think there's an evolution that happens yeah. in our creativity and ourselves when we start thinking about it as something bigger, mm -hmm. because maybe that's been a source of inspiration or a driving force for us for a period of time. But learning that there's more than that is so much more healthy yeah. and like you said, we get this, you know, it's unfortunately celebrated a lot, the whole idea of a, a tortured artist, you know, along with the starving artist. Um, <laughs> and there's just this narrative that gets passed around. And I think, you know, realizing it is so much bigger than that. And it yeah. can be a different experience. And while we may still struggle with certain things, that's not the whole story. That's part of the story, right? Yeah. Have you been able to find some things that are like yours creatively, you know what I mean by that? Like things that are not necessarily tied to your business or your livelihood or, or serving other people, but it's just yours and maybe even helps with those things. 
I think one of the biggest struggles is a lot, again, the mind talk, the head trash, however you want to describe it, is I, I know there are things that I love to do that are my own. But I think there's times I'm like, I tell myself, but you can't do that. You know, like, sure, you know, you just got a big check and, you know, you're okay for the moment, but that's not always going to be the case. So you better go, you know, like drum up more business or flail around and and fear for tomorrow. But I, I think if I were to just, you know, at the end of this call, you know, grab my wallet and keys phone and go drive somewhere I'd, I'd go out to the columbia river gorge in uh, oregon and look at waterfalls and maybe take my camera and take some pictures mm-hmm. um, pick up my guitar and, and write a song or play some music and i think those are the things for me that bring a lot of creative satisfaction and yet you know i i don't do it enough mm-hmm. yeah i think that's probably the norm is that we don't do it enough. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, I started to really investigate more of what it truly means to play. And especially in terms of being a creative person um, and how creativity shows up. You know, it's funny because so many of us, we're like trained that play, it comes after, it's the reward, right? Like when you've done all the things, when you've checked all the boxes and done the hard work, then at some point, you say, well, I've earned this. And so now I'm going to go play. But the problem is, especially when you're a creative entrepreneur or any kind of person that works for yourself, even, you know, th- there's the never ending list of things to do and build and, you know, more leads to drum up and all the rest of the things that go on. So there is not a natural stopping point for you to say, let me break and give myself that reward. The other problem is that I found is that it's not necessarily like we need to readjust our thinking because it's not a reward necessarily. It's really more a part of the process, the creative process where we say, I'm actually going to allow this time of play because it's going to lead to some curiosity. It's going to lead to some discovery. And without that, I'm not going to be able to get to those solutions. I'm not going to be able to get to that place even for myself to know myself better, self-discovery, right? Like that's been a big lesson for me um in going play is so much a necessity not a luxury Mm. and the more that i can drill that into myself to go like no celebrate play do this because there are so many benefits to this um it's not simply the cherry on top the reward at the end of something it is part of the process that's so important and can lead to so many different things right so um how I'm curious because like for me, it's hard for me to celebrate. It's hard for me to reward myself a lot of times too. So I'm trying to actively do that. Is that been your your case too? Like, do you find it hard to to stop in a moment and and celebrate something that you've done? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I find that there's always a different story playing in my mind at the, at the same time of the main trajectory of life. And so yeah. it's like something happens that should be celebrated. And then, you know, part, part of that mind struggle is like, yeah, but you know, they'll find out that you don't know what you're doing and like imposter syndrome and, sure. and all of those things that kind of pop up when something good happens. And, and, and I think, I don't know if it's like forcing celebration or just taking a moment and being like, that's awesome right there. Even if that doesn't work out, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I, I just found out that, you know, I, I get to interview one of my heroes. And so I'm, I'm going through that scheduling process. And even if it doesn't work out for what, for a myriad of reasons, allowing myself to celebrate the fact that word traveled through the grapevine to one of my heroes. And he said, tentatively yes on his end you know and and that's a celebration and i guess even using the word tentatively is my way of hedging celebration <laughs> right <laughs> so that that's an insight into how like i i have like these all these defense mechanisms set up in my head to as opposed to the fact of just being like that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah you know and so much of this in my journey has been teaching me to live more in the moment 
and recognize like this right now, me and you sitting here talking, having this conversation, that's really the thing that is happening in this moment to celebrate and to be fully present for. Yeah. Not the stuff that's like, well, you know, I got to do it later on or tomorrow or whatever. Like, yeah, that stuff's kind of there. And we assume that that stuff will be there and come and that life rolls on because that's what's always happened. Right. Um, but there's this sense, I think, of even as creative people always thinking future oriented, right? Like we're creating something that hasn't existed. We're looking towards the horizon to go like, what's next? What's new? What's shiny, right? Like um, where are the seas that I can navigate that I've never been to and really discover some things, right? Because it's it's alluring and it's enticing, um, but it's hard to stay put today, right now here in this moment and go, oh, but yeah, like look at all these cool things that are right around me today. And maybe they're not even necessarily quote finished, um, but in progress in process there's something that's that's there to be celebrated um do you are you i'm assuming you because you're nodding your head you're you're very future oriented too not necessarily like past oriented or you know i i find myself weaving in between past and future um where pre where i stay present is like in moments like this where um i i need to be focused and making sure that yeah, I'm showing up. Uh, but typically I would say it's I'm I'm thinking about the future, uh, trying to like imagine how things are gonna play out. Where I get into trouble though is where I start ruminating on things. Yes. Uh, and and like getting stuck in loops. Yes. Uh, and that that's past or future. And I, I find almost present is that centering of like going home in a sense of like meditation yeah. where, okay, I, I can't keep thinking about this interview with a hero and like imagining the entire play out of the conversation and the fear of like, what if I say the wrong question? And just like, that's where rumination starts occurring of just like, okay, can't ask this question because I'm sure he's been asked that before. And you start ruminating through the fears and and like, oh, well, he's going to say no anyway. And okay, back to right. present, talking to Mike. I'm not worrying about that. He's got yeah. Chewbacca behind him. Focus <laughs> on. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, the more I, I get in conversation with people around this, the more I'm realizing how um, common that is. Because I always thought that was something that, that was just for me to struggle with on that level of like rumination, like you say, either in the past of going, well, this is the way that it's always been. This is the way it's going to continue to be. So I'm stuck in an old story, right? And you ruminate on that. Um, this is what my creativity looked like in the past, or this is the limitations I've had, and I'm never going to, you know. And so having to break through some of that stuff, or like you said, ruminating in the future where you're so fixated on outcomes and results that if that doesn't happen, you set yourself up for like devastation. And then that <laughs> ushers in you know, depression and anxiety and all the rest of that stuff too. So, you know, the choice is, yeah, okay, it's it's past, present, letting those go, like you said, and then being present today going, this is what's true right now. You know, it's funny, I'm, I'm finding myself, uh, I'm a journal writer, I don't know about you, but I find that that's a tool for me to really help focus and center myself and writing more and more of going, I accept today for what it is, not for what I wish it would be. Because it's always in that creation mode of going like, let's make this into something. Let's do, oh, well, I got an idea. This could be a side project. This could be a hustle. This could be a, you know, whatever. And so even doing that with my own life and my own day, right? You know, it, it's so tempting. And so to fight that, to go, wait, no, no, no. Like put the creator hat on the side for a minute and just go like, can I be accepting of what this day is today? Even if I don't like this day, even if I wish mm -hmm. this day was over, I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. It's two o'clock, whatever, right? <laughs> like, we're just put that aside and just go, you know what? Yeah. It's okay. Because today I accept it as it is. And um, there'll be, I love you know, it's, it's almost like there's those, because um, we're talking video games before, right? You said you were such a big video game person. Um, when you you find those invisible boxes in like Mario, you know, you jump up and all of a sudden like coins would come out of nowhere. And you're like, what? Like, I remember watching somebody play that when I was younger. And I was like, how did you even know that was there? Like, what what's up with that, right? Like, I think so many times those are all around us, those moments and things, those little hidden treasures. But we're so busy and so focused somewhere else that we miss the opportunity to even find those things, right? Right. Um, yeah. 
But it makes it reminds me of back in the day, like Nintendo Power would release, you know, books about the games showing you the map where everything was. And I think while that's great for a video game, we treat life as if there's some guide that we can buy that's going to give the whole lay of our life so that we can find all the hidden treasures. Yes. And I think if we can approach life more from like the open world perspective where you can either go on a quest, a side quest, or just explore a little bit of the world today. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Have you had experience around from the, from the entrepreneur side, right? Trying to build a business around the idea of, Oh, somebody has a map, somebody has a process and they're selling that they have a course, they have something. And now I'm going to buy that. I'm going to, to somehow obtain that. And then I want to just overlay that right on top of my thing. And then it'll all be all buttoned up. Right. <laughs> like, have you had experience around that? Has there been frustration there? Like what, talk a little bit about your experience. There. So I've, I've, I have no idea what you're talking about, Mike. I've never <laughs> struggled with that at all. No, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love getting those emails that says just just buy my course for ninety seven dollars or one ninety seven or eleven ninety seven and and immediately you're gonna see results and I'm like okay great and I I've done it off and on when I could afford it and I've always found that it never works for me because I I just don't see the work that I do maybe the way other people would see it. Um, and I, and I always beat myself up about that. Like, why, why can't I approach what I do the way person A does or person B? And, um, and I think if I could just, if I could just accept this part of my life could be systematized, everything would be okay. And if I could just find the way to, you know, treat it like an investment so that I could find some money and take it seriously then i would then it would work saying that sarcastically right right often how the the copy is written as if yes. you could just magically find fifteen hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars or whatever it's like exactly. if i could magically find the money for your course i wouldn't have to worry about rent this week <laughs> yes yes you know and yeah, i think that, I, I struggle with that that really speaks to i think something for us as people and maybe even more so creative people of wanting the solution mm-hmm. um that's a one size fits all let me overlay it on mine and then it's magically it's just going to snap to it you know snap the guides right um it it's it's not our our life isn't that it is not a file in a computer program or or a you know um something you can just overlay somebody else's journey on top of we all have nuanced things about ourselves, about our journey, about our work that we need to contextualize a lot of the stuff too. And I think there are certainly business principles and um, there's a, there's a part of a journey um, that happens that sometimes that information is applicable for a part of a journey. And so knowing when and where to apply certain things is also uh, something you kind of have to figure out and sometimes spend a lot of money and a lot of time and hoping that you're investing in the right tools with the right people and probably a lot of times not to figure that out (laughs) right um i mean we've all been there let's just be honest um and there are people who are you know who have things that are helpful and great and then there are other people who honestly it's not really that helpful and they're just trying to make a buck and they're great salespeople. um and so learning how to navigate that is is a whole other skill that Nobody teaches you that, you know, like art school. Nobody teaches you that in art school of like how to <laughs> figure out when somebody's, you know, trying to uh, to pull a fast one on you or if something's actually really helpful in in terms of entrepreneurship, you know. Um, in the changing landscape of things, right? <laughs> We're at this point, and um, it, it's everything is AI at the moment, right? Like every email that I get is, you know, harness the power of AI, unlock, you know, the secrets of whatever, you know, using AI. 
And then there's also the voices a lot in, in the creative circles of going, you know, here's the pitchforks in the fire going, AI <laughs> has stolen my work. AI is bad. Down with right. AI. Don't you watch movies, you stupid people. Don't you know what's coming? I'm calling John Connor right now and we're going to fix this, right? No more Skynet, right? Terminator. Um, <laughs> so where do oh, yeah. you find yourself in the spectrum of things of like, hey, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and hey, we need to avoid this. This is evil. I wouldn't say that it's evil. I wouldn't say that it's good. I, I think I'm I'm middle of the road on it right now. I see the positives and I see the negatives. I think from a business perspective, I see the power of the positive side of things where, you know, maybe it could, you know, take care of some of my accounting or, you know, do tasks that I don't want to do. Like to me, that's great. If there's tasks like, uh, I love Grammarly, for example, mm -hmm. and if it can help me write a little bit better, um, then I'm all for that. But I think when I look at it from a creative side, I do get a little bit of a, a pause, a little bit of concern. And I think one of it is like I, I saw a video about Drake AI, where I think it was Rick Beato on his YouTube channel talked about Drake AI and how people like Drake AI's music better than Drake. And I thought, what if there's an AI for every artist out there? And as a fan, if you don't like what the artist does, you can use their AI to make the art that you want. And in a way, it makes us self, like selfish. Like it, we don't no longer value the art; we become the manipulator of the artist. And and I think about it like, if I didn't like seventy-two seasons by Metallica, Metallica AI allowed me to input something and create something better in my eyes what does that say about me as a person what does it say about the artistic journey of a band and what would it say about my own work if someone didn't like what i was doing created an ai with all of my voice and said getting work to work sucks but getting work to work ai allows you to create any podcast episode you want to hear mm. yeah yeah so, I guess I guess that's where I'm at. It's certainly a Pandora's box of questions and things to wrestle through. Yeah. Um, and I can see, I think I'm probably more like you in the middle of the road where am I using AI for certain things? Absolutely. Um, more so for like, I'm my writing. I love writing, but my writing is usually more, um, it's more of the personal reflection, inspirational, that kind of thing, not necessarily like sales copy. Um, right. And so I may go, hey, spit me out something that's a, an outline that keeps me on track and gives me some key phrases that I can latch onto. And then I contextualize it to my own voice and my own thing, you know, full transparency. I've been doing that a lot with the, the show notes and some of the descriptions even and, and things for the podcast, because I'm finding, oh, if this can actually cut down the amount of time and energy that I'm burning on something and can actually give me something that's more, uh, well, it's clearer and more aligned with what's happening with the episode, as opposed to me feeling like, I don't know, I've said this word, I've said these things over and over again. How am I supposed to, you know, um, I can reserve that creativity for something else that will be more fruitful. And so mm -hmm. using it as a tool in that regard, I think has been really helpful. Um, I have played a little bit with the visual art of AI. Um, I was not impressed with the fact that it can't do hands and feet, especially. <laughs> I'm right. like, I don't know that I'm really worried about it at this point with <laughs> what's happening. I mean, I know it's like learning and adapting quickly and all the rest of that, but um, even just the sense of, you know, ripping off styles and, and some information, you know, that is certainly concerning. Um, but I've gotten emails from Adobe even saying, you know, Firefly, their new uh, AI um, integration type thing. It, it's it's causing people to have to, if you've if you've leaned too heavily on skill set, I think you're probably in trouble. Yeah. But if you're if you've been developing your sense of conceptual thinking and problem solving, then some of these things can actually be tools that you can use. Um, to help you in that process, because you're still required to think, you're still required to have the creativity on that deeper level 
you know, the AI stuff is enter a prompt and then it spits out whatever according to that, at least at this point. So that's where I, you know, I say at this point because you, we don't really know where this is going. Um, no. it, it's just really interesting. Have you dabbled much with any of those other kind of things too? Or, and, and what's been your experience? I haven't dove into like mid journey or any of the visual things. A friend of mine, she does morning meditations with mid journey. So she has really harnessed a visual aesthetic with mid journey that is actually quite impressive. Like she's, she's able to wield it in a way that's mind blowing. And, and so I think on one hand, I kind of look at what she's doing and I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. I've done a little bit with chat GPT, but you know, it was one of those things of just like, yeah, this is cool, I guess. Okay. I, I like what you said though, about like, what are the things that, you know, I don't want to burn my energy with. So if we can think of AI as almost an energy management solution, as opposed to a creative solution, mm-hmm. maybe we'll be okay. But I think, it, like you said, it what triggered in my mind was it all comes back to our identity as artists. What do we put our identity in? Is it our voice and our aesthetic and the way that we see the world? Or is it the tools that we use and, yeah. and the mastery of skills? Yes. That's yeah. that's where things might get a little bit more uh, disrupted. Yeah, for sure. And I think also it's somewhat hard at this point in the conversations to know where somebody's <laughs> coming from. If they're yeah. a really loud voice that's in opposition, is this somebody who just doesn't like change? Like any kind of change and therefore they're always going to be the person to go whoa 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 this you know we need to do things the way we've always done them and that you know i'm the old guard and i'm making sure that you know if you have someone like that then you know they're coming from a very different place and and they've probably done that along the way with when people started using computers for to do certain things as opposed to you know what i mean like and obviously ai deviates from that point it's not simply just a a tool like that um and so I think that's where a lot of the concern is, is being raised um, and probably rightfully so, at least to, to have conversations, slow things down a little bit and go like, let's figure out, you know, it's that it's that Jurassic Park thing, right? Like just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, um, and I think technology has always been this this tool of create something, then figure out the ethics and morality on the other end of it. And, and I think... We're, we're kind of doing that simultaneously now where we're dealing with the ethical consideration of what this does, not just for an industry, but for people whose livelihoods are wrapped up in, you know, what it's disrupting. And, yeah. and I think when, when people are like, oh, well, you'll just figure it out if your job goes away. And it's just like, you know, who's hiring more and more now? Fast food restaurants. You know, you don't see a lot of hiring signs in other places. And I, and I think, you know, well, is that going to happen more where we're just all chasing these, you know, entry level jobs because AI has disrupted other industries? I don't know. But yeah, that's just where my mind goes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to think through that stuff, I think, because we're in a place where we've never been before. You can't look to going, oh, well, you know, the pendulum swings and now it's going to swing back to, you know, well, I don't really know. I mean, enough other things in this world are like upside down and on fire and crazy that you're just like, "Mm, is there really a normal anymore? I don't really know. Um, But I think that as creative people, that's where our opportunity is to step into that where we can for ourselves and for others and go like, okay, maybe it's time that I apply my creativity in a different way to solve a different problem even an uncomfortable one. Um, And that's where I think the more people in those conversations are going to rise to the top and and some of the the skill sets that may go away or change or or be taken over by some things. Again, those are the people who are going to be leading some more things um, because you're not going to be able to take that away from somebody, their point of view, their opinion, their, you know, those kind of things. Uh, At least I don't think so. Maybe we'll listen back to this in you know ten years and be like, oh, he was completely wrong, and now his podcast is run by AI, and he's not even there anymore. You know, I don't know. <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, wouldn't that be awesome? And then on the other hand, I'm like, no, that wouldn't be awesome. No, no. 
I robot. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Is, is the light green or red? Oh. <laughs> oh man. Well, Chris, this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, we went in all sorts of different places that, you know, we just kind of followed along curiosity. Uh, I appreciate your willingness and openness to talk through your experience around so many of these different things. Um, I want to be sure that people know where to find you, where to listen to podcasts. So lay some links on us and some information. Absolutely. Well, the easiest way to find me is gettingworktowork.com. I have a short URL, gwtw.co, which just redirects to the main website. And then my studio website is chrismartinstudios.com. And that's kind of more the business end of things, whereas getting work to work is the main creative output that I do, including the podcast, which is uh, 685 episodes strong at this point. And then awesome. the documentary series that I'm getting off the ground ever so slowly, but uh, kind of a some some things need to be seen and heard so that's where the documentary series is kind of finding its way forward through telling stories uh of interesting people doing interesting things and you get to see it not just here awesome awesome yeah and who is your podcast for i think that it's for creative people in general uh people who want to find a way to use their creativity whether it's for business or just for pleasure for for their own sake um, and it's honestly for myself. I mean, it's, it's the way that I am wrestling with things. I'm learning as much as I hope other people are. And so it's a, I guess, a public form of learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a great way to say that. Um, cause I've often thought that or felt that, but I don't know that I've ever expressed that as well. Um, so I haven't until this moment since you asked me, so there thank you. you. Go. Well, now you've got a soundbite to use too. <laughs> <laughs> Do I send the, do I send the eighty dollar check to you for therapy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, wow. So yeah, as, as whenever I have a, a guest who has a podcast, uh, I always am telling you listeners, you're you're listening right now to a podcast. So obviously, you love podcasts, you love this medium, and I suggest that you take this opportunity to jump right over now and go subscribe, download a couple of episodes, uh, give a listen, and. Um, just show your support to Chris and I'm sure that it will speak to you just as this podcast uh, hopefully has spoken to you as well. So Chris, thank you so much again for our time today. Um, man, I feel like uh, we're kindred spirits. We could, if we lived closer, we'd be going grabbing some coffee and talking about our, our uh, creative adventures and woes. Absolutely. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's awesome to meet someone who cares about similar things, not in a, a, a sense of creating like conformity and, and stale thinking, but just to be challenged and, and realize just how massive the world of creativity is. And yet there's, there's people right around the digital corner to, to help each other and, and create a world worth living in. So thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate if you would subscribe leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others. 